Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to the CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today, we have a very interesting topic, which is fixing problems before they happen wish we all had that crystal ball, but then is there a way to do that? So we always have some daily fires that we fight and we are spent at the end of the day, but how many of us think about what if I could take a pause and prevent these problems from happening in the first place? How much time and how much energy would I save? And instead of tolerating these problems, and even turning blind to the ones which are gonna come tomorrow, how much are we losing? So what should we change in our culture, the work habits, the organizational structure, and even the leadership style so that we could enable our enterprise where we fix problems before they happen? Let's dig in. Uh, We have Nuna Miller, who's the Chief Information Officer with Sonei Fashion. Hey, Nuna, how are you? Hi, Sanjog. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Great. Great to have you. So now you see this, this topic, of course, we all live with these issues, right? We are spent by the end of the day and we fight fires. So let's talk about agility to set the context. We want to go for agility. You want to get things done yesterday or be very nimble. But then we always have some chronic issues which undermine our uh, th- this, this intent to achieve agility. Are we allowing these issues related to these chronic issues to persist because we just have inertia, we do not uh, want to change things for good or is it our inability which is holding us back because what's at stake is huge but we keep tolerating the issues that we face. Yeah, so I think that that you are right. So there are multiple reasons for this to happen right now. I'd say that depending on the cases, we have both cases where we have inability to solve them up, some cases where inertia uh, happens, but also this is quite connected to things I would say as pressure to delivery and complexity behind our architectures. And I think that from my experience, this is common to most of the companies. It does not really relate if it, if it is a, a small or a large company, if it is a new, a startup or an old company. I think that globally, as a matter of fact, is, is one of the biggest challenges that we all face as IT leads and responsibles of, of IT department. I remember cases uh, some years ago where, where the CFO of a large um, fast consumer moving goods company uh, was telling me that we need to make sure that we move IT from the front page of our internal newspaper uh, regarding all the problems that we face and all the inability to support the business in a quickly and, and, and uh, agile way 
and uh, and we need really to make sure that the IT function is supporting is as uh, on this movement to to be faster, to be robust, to do the things the, the right way. Um, and this was a large company. I also remember smaller companies, startups, uh, in several cases that were telling us that it's really difficult to uh, mix, to have the right balance between developments and projects and new stuff and uh, while keeping the, 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 the car moving and making sure that we are able to support all the, the stuff that happens all the day. So, so on first, I would say that, and you were speaking about agility, I think that there is, there is sometimes a confusion between agility and anarchy. Agility is not anarchy, so we need to, to be agile. We need to have methods, processes, a proper mindset, uh, everything set in place so that we are able to be faster and to uh, respond to the requests that we receive from multiple areas on the business. And, and, and I, I do think that, as we are speaking of, there are some cases where we have inability to solve. This means that most of the times, people who identify the issues or people that are uh, notified of issues that are happening depend on other people, depend on other skill sets, depend on other teams to be able to resolve them. Most of the times they, they receive the issues, they uh, receive the ticket, but they are not able to close the ticket by themselves, so they uh, upscale the, the, the ticket uh, and escalate it to some other person. So one of the issues that probably we have is how to make sure that we organize teams properly so that the teams themselves have the, the right set of skills not on a personal level, but uh, on a, a team level, to handle all these issues, all these tickets, some that are, you know, some uh, quick fixes that, that we must put in place, and some that requires more analysis, more, more teamwork, more effort to be uh, handled. So I think that one of the things is really the inability to solve, and then we need to have the proper organization. On the other hand, the second one might be inertia. So in some cases, people just look at their own work and they say, okay, if I'm able to close the ticket and say that this is not my concern, then I, I, I'm not responsible for it any longer. So I look at my own table, my own set of, of, of tickets, of requests, of work, and I don't really care a lot about what's happening to my uh, neighbor on the next uh, desk or with other teams. And this is something that obviously we need to fight and to be very hard on this because inertia of all of the reasons why we have the tickets is the one that we should tolerate the least. Then there, there, is, there are the others. I'd say that pressure to deliver because as you were saying, agility and speed of delivery is always putting a lot of pressure on the IT teams. And most of the pressure is to offer new stuff, to deliver new projects, to offer new products, to be able to offer new things to our customers, new products, new processes, new suppliers, new uh, methods. 
and and uh, there is usually not a lot of of uh, effort on the global terms in in the company to address these small issues that no one sees well they 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 feel it they they feel it because it's still coming to the table a lot of time but it's kind of undercover on the technical tasks and kind of undercover on the technical efficiency or lack of efficiency that some of our teams have and on top of that i'd say that complexity is also one of the the main reasons complexity i mean we have uh, complex architectures so sometimes it's not easy at all to resolve the core problem and not really just fix the 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 the, the ticket that's open and do a quick fix and and that's it i i think that we have complex architectures i think that we have com uh, architectures that were built over years some of the architectures have 10 20 or over 20 years old are some of the parts on the architecture has has multiple years and sometimes those are the ones that are really hard to fix and complex to 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 put the right way so i think that we have complexity on the architecture on some of the solutions that are built on uh, older technologies that uh, you, we are not really comfortable with uh, changing fixing uh, we don't have the, the proper skill set sometimes in the company to make sure that it, it works. And, and sometimes we don't have the proper mindset to make sure that, uh, that we should fix the problems in an uh, organized way in order not to have them coming back to the table and have to back to the table again. And obviously complexity on the organizational structure that sometimes also uh, avoids us from having the different skill sets that we need to make sure that something happens. So, so I think that this is a complex issue that probably requires multiple actions, both on the architecture, both on the team organization, on the mindset of the different people, and also on the communication behind the way that the IT team is facing the rest of the teams and facing the rest of the business. So, I mean, pretty thorough response that you gave and you kept agility as the focus and how we can get over this and, and what are the things people face. So now connecting it back to, not agility, but connecting back to the fixing problems before they happen, which is, you know, when we try to build any systems, most people in technology, they would look at what they're dealing with today. And in many cases, they would even try to extrapolate or anticipate potential scenarios they will deal with in future and try to make it as front-end design heavy exercise so that system will be relevant for times to come. We, of course, try to do that. But then as we go on, once the system is built, some issues come up and we sometimes live with them to say, okay, we have too much to do. Coming back that agility and the speed of business and delivering everything yesterday, we start living with those issues and we call them minor. But then that same very issues as we keep building things on top of those issues with those foundations 
of, of what that system was, it starts building up, but the foundation had some flaws. And that's what comes and haunts us. So where are we losing? Initially, you start with a lot of design and a lot of anticipation of what the future is going to hold. But once we have that in place, then we don't pause, take a step back and go and fix the very issue that could have been created because you identified it later. Why don't we do that? And what's preventing us? And what are we missing here? One of the things that I think that's happening is that usually we have very good will, but not all the time the ability to deliver the right way. So a lot of time the, the issue starts exactly on the project because you design it in a proper way, you receive the right requirements from all the parties that are involved, we try to work internally or with the different integrators or developers to try to deliver this. But I'd say that most of the times, what you are able to deliver is not exactly what you wanted to deliver when you did the design. So you, we must make sure that we can live with this and that we deal with this every day and that our digital architectures are able to help us out on doing this the proper way. So um, I do think that we still have in most of the cases some very rigid architectures that also will, uh, avoid us from dealing with this the right way. So I think this is one of the issues. And, and also silos within the organizations regarding the program and project manager, and then the support and operations team, and the first level of support, and the second tier of support, and the third tier of support, that sometimes these uh, uh, create some issues on fixing the real stuff. So I was saying that uh, on when we look at the projects, we try to have a rigid scope in most of the waterfall projects. And we try then to deliver the scope, but we, we also are facing a moving target. We face delays on the delivery and the project. And then when we really want to go live and start using it, we face a gap between what's the real need at that time and what has been delayed. And this is on the feature side, on the the features that you are offering as part of the application, as part of the solution, but also on the technical side. Sometimes you think of doing things one way and you deliver things working on the different way. And also sometimes you rely on a substantial set of activities that are meant to be done by the support team in order to support the system when it goes live. And then you say, we will fix this, we will be able to handle this in the future, but then the pipeline of projects keeps on pressing you and, 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 and you really need to make sure that you have the right skills and the right uh, effort allocation to be able to handle this. I can say that, for instance, in, in one of the cases uh, on one of my past experiences, 
the major issue was the effort doing integration when putting any of the new projects in place. We might be you know, implementing an ERP or a warehouse management system or a website, a commerce site or so on. And we always had problems integrating the different parts because they were all speaking on different languages, on different uh, uh, organizations in, in terms of, of integration layers, uh, language, programming languages and so on. So that was probably the main problem when putting some, something in, in place. Uh, right now at Sonai Fashion, we, we have the option to start defining what we call our digital architecture. And by doing so, we start defining what we call the main technical principles that we want to put in place and that we want all the different parties inside the technical team to follow when they are implementing any solution. And, and some of them are things as empower the user. So we have as a design principle that we should focus on solutions that improve user autonomy, user control, user ownership of its own data, user, user ownership to access to its data. So to allow users to work by themselves instead of being depending always on third parties or the IT team. A second principle is be agile. And be agile is really how to design and adopt solutions that are open to change in the future. How are we able to speed up, to, to have a fast time to market for business changes? Because that's sure that what we design to know today will be different from the need that we'll be having tomorrow. Another principle is run in real time. So capture integrate the data in real time and act on knowledge in real time. So moving from batch processing to real time. One other is ATFI the business. Reach customers and clients through partners, integrate with partners, with suppliers, with customers and so on. So to be able to make sure that our architecture in the future will be able to be accessible and access others. One other is enforce single source of truth. By doing that, we want to master each data in one single place, control data quality and integrity, collect data at source or at owner of the data. One other is zero redundancy solutions and one other is enable 24 seven business. So this is a set of principles, of guidelines, that I make sure that all the different people inside my team know by heart, so that when they are developing or designing a solution, they need to have this as a checklist. So are we able to make sure that this solution that we are designing will be agile, will run on real time, and so on. So, so we were able to design these principles and then to set in place a new organization for the digital architecture 
that has different systems, systems of engagement, of enablement, of orchestration, of insights, of record, so that when we put this in place, we make sure that all the different parts communicate the right way. So this is kind of the, the easy part because it's based on putting together a new architecture and then designing how are we going to move from the different solutions that we have. And we have kind of a complex architecture because uh, due to merge and acquisitions over time, we right now have three different architectures for different brands and we are trying to move them all into a single instance multi-company architecture so that we are able to follow this principle. So we, we really want to have kind of a glue that puts all together as the same principles, as the same and shared vision so that the different teams and different systems will make sure that they are able to, to put this in place. Another option when we are not able to fully design the architecture from scratch and then put this in place is to have kind of a transitional model. I think that in terms of architecture, if you are able, for instance, to put in place and some large consultancy companies are, are promoting these kind of a data layer between different parties, we will be able to uh, speed up the way of uh, moving faster depending on the current architecture. So I think that the architecture and the design from scratch plays a major part on this. Uh, and then, obviously, we need to have the organizational structure, the performance to set in place, and so on. But I think that the architecture plays a, a major part on the ability to handle this. Now, we have also seen that while, you know, all the things that you're recommending, people can put, one, put them in place, but many times when it comes on the ground that you're working on something, and a flaw comes up, but you're in the heat of things, you're delivering. Or a lot of people say, you know what, there is a flaw, let's live with it. But if we could create, or, or maybe there's a flaw, we should uh, you know, bring that issue up, but who's going to listen? Or will I be seen as someone who's trying to unnecessarily stall the process? And that's why people don't bring up the issue in the first place. So can we create some role independence? some immunity, some empowerment, where people, when they see the flaw, they literally go and almost like ring a bell and say, guys, pause. This is something we will have to deal with now, otherwise it's going to get worse and we will keep tolerating something which is going to have a huge cost. Typically, the person at the top has to be convinced and that person has to further convince an executive management to say, we have to solve this issue uh, and otherwise we will have a lot of problem. But because of dependence and because of hierarchy, because of the fear, people don't even talk about those flaws when they discover because it seems either no one will listen or they will be seen as people who are trying to stop things. So what would you do at the org structure level? so that people are enabled and empowered and fearless in bringing up the flaws the moment they discover. The more delay we create after we discover a flaw in fixing it, the worse it gets for all parties. As, as you are saying, this is a, a completely new mindset. This requires us to completely shift from the siloed-based mindset into... Um, 
uh, a global cross-functional teams mindset. And this is so important. This is so difficult, on the other hand, to, to accomplish. So uh, I think that you are completely right. I think that sometimes no one wants to raise their hand and say, we have a problem, we need to stop everything, and we need to put this in place. And, and, and this is not easy because the company usually asks the IT teams to deliver, ask the IT team to create new projects because the pressure is always there. So one of the things that I have been looking at over time on this kind of changing our culture and change, changing our mindset so that people are not afraid of coming up to this is to make sure that we have the organizational structure able to handle multiple speeds at the same time. I mean, on the company level, you always have large programs, multi-year large programs. When you are replacing the RP, putting in place in the warehouse management system, uh, setting up the new e-commerce platform, creating a large uh, loyalty uh, management platform, and so on. So uh, moving to the cloud. So we always have programs that are very complex to handle. And on those programs, people that are on doing that, they need really to organize themselves and to focus themselves to delivery on a multi-year. They might be doing, you know, smaller releases every month or every six months, but their mindset, their organization, the processes, the tools, the systems that they are embracing are meant for long-term purposes. At the second level, you have projects. And projects, projects are smaller than, than programs. They are not so complex in the organizational level, in the company-wide level. But they are also very important because they usually depend on multiple areas and they take several months to accomplish. And those teams also need to be able to set their own pace and resolve their own, uh, their own uh, demands and their own expectations. The third speed level that we have is what I call usually the sprint level. You know, two weeks, three weeks delivery models where you are able on this part to define priorities and to respond to the business needs in a much quicker, faster, and agile way. So, I mean, if I'm able to deliver every two or every three weeks, I can define the priorities just a couple of weeks before and making sure that we have the proper user stories or requirements in place because we are going to deliver these on a fixed time frame. The scope might vary, but the time frame will, will be fixed. The advantage of this is that sometimes if you want to handle some of these problems, you are able to have a proper team with multiple skill sets, with skill set, skill set not only able to look at the problem or answer the ticket, but also to look at the code, look at the database, look at the infrastructure and be able to fix it in a different way. And then you have the fourth speed, which is what I call the fast track speed. And this fast track speed is the one that is able almost to deliver hot fixes at a daily basis or multiple times per day. So I think that on an organizational level, we should set different paces and live with multiple paces, even for the same architecture or the same part of the architecture. 
I mean, if I'm putting in place a new e-commerce site, I might have one team uh, handling a, a project as international. I might have a team handle uh, a technical project as moving to microservices. But I might have another team just handling issues that happen on the checkout or on the catalog page or on the payment gateway. So uh, this allows us to be much, much uh, faster on the ability to answer because I'm able to have resources, teams focused on short terms while I have teams focused on long term. So I think this is really important. Each one of these teams to be able to deliver something must depend on cross-functional capabilities. So if I have, for instance, a bespoke platform for my e-commerce site, for instance, I should make sure that the team that's working on the sprint level, for instance, has proper UX capabilities, UI capabilities, machine learning or artificial intelligence capabilities, front-end development, back-end development, quality assurance, product management, agile management, project management. So this must be kind of a living cell. And the concept behind the cell, I, I think that's very important to be able to handle these kind of needs that come to the table and try not to avoid, not try, not, try not to impact our projects and our longer-term commitment. So this way, I'm able to keep the roadmap, keep the projects going, but still fixing issues. Because the goal of this team is delivering smaller things, but also reducing my technical debt inside the company. By doing this, usually I say to my teams that we have kind of the, as an army, I have the, the infantry, infantry and I have the cavalry. And if I don't protect the infantry, they will come dead quite easily and quickly. So I must make sure that I have you know, a, a back-end army, the cavalry, that I, is going to protect them from all the bullets that uh, they are able to face. So what I say usually is that the support teams are the infantry guys. And that the back-end teams, the sprint teams, the fast-track teams are the ones protecting them. So if they don't work as a whole, it won't work at all. So we won't be able to handle these issues. If they work as a, a, a living object, a living uh, part, they will be able to handle and support this level. So obviously that we have independence rules as I mean, quality assurance should be independent, compliance should be independent, security management should be independent. But I see most of these skills reporting to a, a, a head for the different area. I mean, all the QA guys report to the QA management. All the AI guys report to the AI manager. All the UX guys report to the UX manager in kind of a hierarchical way. But on a daily basis, I have a functional team as a living cell that is compounded by people coming from different skill sets, from different uh, hierarchical organizations. But that team has a goal. And 
its own goal must be aligned to what we ask the team to deliver the team to deliver so if i want to have the team to reduce my technical debt i should define a kpi and the goal for that team regarding the technical debt i mean usually there are things as sprint execution as the uh, number of bugs in production not on QA, but in production in order to reduce the number of bugs that go live uh, and, and stuff like this. So the performance, the KPIs are also very important to make sure that these cross-functional teams work as a whole and it's not as different parts that do not work together. And, and I think that this also uh, relates obviously to the way that you organize your team. So I, I, I've been in cases where the IT team is organized into uh, different service levels. So if I look at the project management, I have a team looking at design, a team looking at build, and a team looking at operations. And I do think that this is a model that has some issues working on the daily basis, because if you don't make sure that the teams have the different skill set across the different areas from design to development or build and to DevOps and, and operations, then we won't be able to handle these uh, requests and this challenge that we have from the different teams. So I'd say having the organization with hierarchical structures, but making sure that the functional teams work as a team, as a cell, as a living object. So, you know, so, so organizational structure is okay. And, and then you gave a good approach to how to handle something like this. Now, we have issues with us putting the right, um, you know, structure in place, but then we have different expectations from the people. So people don't do typically what you expect. They do what you inspect. Which means if you have um, performance management in place, and you did talk a little bit about performance, but something that you're going to look at them quarterly or every year about how did they do something, we only look at what they delivered. They don't get brownie points for bringing up issues because we also tell people, hey, you bring the issues, but also bring suggested solutions. And frankly, not every time those individuals who are bringing up issues would have solutions. So they're going to hold back on even telling issues because you're telling, bring the solutions along with it. But that hurts all of us. So if you had to fundamentally go to HR or look at your company or your department and say, let me set different expectations that what I'm going to measure you on John Smith, who is working in your department or anyone else working in their own departments. How should we change that whole performance management so that people start reporting issues right away? Well, I think that the first thing, again, is changing the mindset. So I think that one of the things that we should not look only at the goals achievement once or twice per year. I think that we should make sure that all these indicators are very visible to us all because this brings a good pressure on us all working on the team because it allows you as, as the head of an area 
to highlight what's happening in front of everyone on the team or a large people, part of the people in the team. So I do think that to make sure that this works, we need to change the mindset and we need to make sure that we make these quite visible to us all. And I mean, on the performance management level, we have different ways of doing that. First of all, is defining the KPIs that we should look at. And you are right, because sometimes no one looks at, you know, problem fixing or at uh, the number of bugs. Uh, you just mo look at the project that you deliver and if you deliver them on time and, and pretty much on time and on budget and everything else gets a little bit behind this. So, so I think that we need to make sure that all these pending subjects coming from the operations and support line to the second level of support, to the third level of support, and to the different teams that we just spoke about, needs to be highlighted. And highlighted, I mean, put on the wall, on the TV screens, on the data shows that you have, on the uh, everywhere on the team, that we bring the, team, the, the subject to our management meetings, where different people from the different areas speak together, so that we, and you make sure, that they know that you highlight them. So if they think that you are not looking at it, they won't be doing nothing on that space. So we should make sure that we highlight this. And it's not really a case of having a complex system or a complex tool to support us all. I, I, I work on many different cases where just having kind of Excel and a dashboard to monitor this issue is quite enough. We don't have a, a, to need, you don't need a, a complex system to evaluate the performance and so on because those are usually the ones that you only look one or, or twice per year. So you, are, you must be able to show these in a daily basis, make sure that you have all the different teams knowing that this is important for you so that they really look at it. And then the kind of KPIs that you should be evaluating should be, I'd say, on one level, uh, a lot of them looking at the customer level. So I mean the customer feedback, the number of answers to the tickets that you are closing, the, because sometimes you see just tickets getting closed because someone is reporting it, but uh, I just... Uh, fix it with a workaround and, and, and that's done. So you need really to make sure that you have the analysis behind the magic. So you need to know what is the feedback from the, from the customers, from the users. You need to make sure that you have some analysis on the root causes of the tickets that you have been facing. And for those root causes, for those tickets, you make sure that you have a proper uh, problem opened or that you just, uh, you know, fix the issue, but you uh, escalate it and you pass it to a different team so that you make sure that the guys don't just close the ticket and, and that's it. So you need to make sure that when you analyze the KPIs, the, the SLA for closing tickets, you look not only on the first level of support, and I just closed the ticket because I opened a different ticket for a different tool, the, the team, 
but I, uh, instead of this, I need to look at end-to-end -end resolution for my ticket so that I make sure that the problem is fixed. Um, so you look, need to look at customer feedback and customer indicators, and obviously also to process indicators as the issues, the problems, the SLA, the technical depth is possible. And then you need to make sure that you have the teams with their um, reserved capacity to fix problems. So a lot of times you just receive requests from the business, mostly on functional stuff, and you just try to handle those requests and deliver value to the business. So in order to make sure that this works, you also need to make sure that the business, different teams, operations, sales, uh, marketing, and so on, they are quite aligned to the import importance behind making sure that you have the proper uh, solution in place. So you need to show them that sometimes the system is working, but is slow, you have downtimes on it, it takes too much, too long to, to resolve an issue or to develop a new feature on it. And, and you want to make sure that they are part of the solution together with you and that they are not kind of the part of the problem and you are the problem yourself because you just uh, have the issues and you, you don't know how to fix them in a proper and, and fast way. So I, I think that making sure that you have the different internal users and stakeholders on your side is very important to make sure that you are able to go to your teams and say, guys, 20% of our capacity will be based on fixing issues that you have. And this is defined. This is it. So uh, whenever I'm trying to add efforts to a team, to a project, to, to my you know, backlog, I know that 20% of that effort will be spent on fixing issues and on delivering things that users are not able to see, but users are able to feel. Sometimes it's also important, important to define KPIs, for instance, as system performance. And I don't mean the uh, processor percentage of usage or the memory usage or the disk usage. I, I mean, what is the speed of the system when I look at the consumer or user standpoint? Is it fast? How long does this take to uh, produce a report, to load uh, a form, to uh, perform an algorithm or an operation? So if I'm able to have these kinds of uh, KPIs of drivers that I'm monitoring, then I'll be able to go back to the guys, to the business and say, you don't, didn't notice, but we were able to improve the speed by 20 or 30% because we were fixing technical depth, technical issues that most of the times we are not able to do. So this is very important, uh, making sure that the business is on your side, making sure that you have the proper KPIs in place and making sure that you communicate these with your teams in a very, very, very uh, impressive way so that they are know what you want and what you mean by it. Last question for you, leadership. 
so a lot of things that you mentioned that we ought to do this or some specific ideas that you gave, which could very well fall flat on their face if we don't demonstrate the right type of leadership style. So if you want to enable that environment where we identify and then fix issues before they happen, what type of leadership style and approach would you recommend people use? I think that you need to make sure that um, you communicate, that you delegate. So instead of command and control, you need to move into a delegate and monitor, as we were speaking. So I, I think that this is important because if you try to command and control it at this level, you'll never be able to handle all the issues because they are spread amongst the different teams and the different areas. So you really need to make sure that the teams themselves are empowered to, to come back to you and say, we have an issue here and we must fix it because we want to make sure that our customers are happy with this and that you, we have a better quality of life whenever we do a new project or a new feature. And, and this is something that obviously makes sense, you know, in the usual and friendly term, but most of the times in the company itself is very, very difficult. So one of the things that, that I, I did uh, last year, for instance, and it is a little bit out of the box, is trying to make sure that the different parties on the company know a little bit more about we are, what we are speaking about. And that specific level was we put together 150 managers and directors across the different companies coming from the different areas from design, sales operations, logistics, and so on. And we spent a couple of days with them doing a full project, well, a quite small project. It was a mobile app, as a matter of fact, on different areas. And we made them doing the requirements focusing on the requirements and making sure that they were working on an MVP and they were coding the application themselves and getting out of the session one day later with a solution made by them on their mobile phone. So I mean that this allows them to be much more aligned to what are the information and the requirements and the way that the IT teams work. So. By doing this, you create empathy with the different peers on the company. So they, they feel a little bit more about your concerns and about what you really want to do. Then we need to make sure that we place the customer or the user in the center. So we must make sure that everything that we do is focused on the consumer, on the user. And if we think this way, I mean that we are able to uh, empower our teams to take decisions because the question will be, okay, just put yourself on the customer's shoes and say what, uh, think what he would be thinking and say what he would be saying and acting, uh, act accordingly to, to that. So if we are able to have all our teams focusing on this, on making sure that we have a better and we offer a better user and customer experience, this would be great. And I mean, this is not only 
I mean, not only on the consumer, not only on the customer, but for all the users that our uh, that use our uh, solutions, that use our infrastructure, our computers, our systems, and so on. So, uh, if we think this way, we'll be able to offer a, a, a much um, a better experience to our consumers. And it might be a supplier, it might be an operator on the store, it might be an operator on the warehouse, it might be a buyer, it might be any, any function on the team. So, on top of that, you need to make sure that you uh, celebrate improvements. So, if you delegate this, you must be able to say you accomplished this. So, you as a team, as a cross-functional team, were able to deliver this. And I mean, when they are able to deliver the projects, the result, the fixes, they will be improving their recognition with the company because they feel much more aligned to the, to the company than before. So I think that working together with the company, with your team, so that they focus on the company, they think of multi-functional teams in order to deliver. They are transparent with others. So the accomplishments are celebrated. The failures are analyzed, are shared, so that you know we are human. No one is perfect. Our company is, per is not perfect. Our team is not perfect. Other teams are not perfect either. Our companies are not per per perfect either. So this is, we are all humans and we must be able to live as humans and to recognize failure, but also to celebrate success and to make sure that each and every one of us plays an important role to the company. Despite being a, a, help, a help desk operator or being a developer or being an architect, or being a DBA, we all play a major role and we all must be working as a team to be able to, to, to live, deliver this. So I think that globally, we need to improve our performance as leaders, not as, as task assigners and controllers, but move inside business teams and make sure that they recognize us, IT teams, as allies to solve problems, improve and innovate. Once again, thank you so much, Nuno, about, uh, to share about insights about how to solve problems before they happen. Thank you, Sanjog. Once again, thank you so much, Nuno, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how organizations can build the right structure, the culture, and the leaders can adopt the right style so that they can solve problems before they happen. Thank you so much again. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>